Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Boomer Carter in the morning, coming from the Investors Bank Studios here at WFAN. Bill Simmons joins me this morning uh, for the vacation, Craig Carton. I got Mike Flugelman on the other side of the glass, sitting in for the vacation, Eddie Scazzeri. I got Bob Dwyer sitting on the other side of the glass, sitting in for the vacationing, Al Dukes. And of course, me and Jerry, the regulars, are here holding up the uh, the radio station as we normally do every uh, every morning here, Monday through Friday on WFAN. And you know, you just heard us talking about it if you were just listening with uh, me, Jerry, and, and Phil arguing over this whole thing. Uh, you know, a couple things happened last night in sports. Let's get through some of those things first, and then we'll we'll start uh, taking them apart one by one. But uh, you know, first and foremost, th- this idea that Isaiah Thomas was even a legitimate thought, and the fact that he had to come out and say, "I'm not interested." Look, we're not interested. <laughs> the the fact that anybody would even think that that would be a legitimate. Uh, answer to what the Knicks problems are, you'd have to hit yourself over the head with a hammer like 10 times to say, okay, I get it. There is no way. (laughs) What are you drinking in the mornings? I must I don't know, but I'm just saying there is no way. And then the fact, of course, John Calipari names come up all the time, you know, because they all want the money that the Garden offers. No, 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 no. Everybody thinks that this job is going to be another $60 million job. And why is it that the Knicks have to go and try to poach somebody from another organization that signs contract extensions, whether it be the guy in Toronto, the guy in Memphis, the guy out in Golden State, the guy in Oklahoma City. Those guys have contracts. They have jobs. Let them do their jobs and fulfill their contracts with other teams. There are plenty of other quality people out there that are probably low-level people, more scouting people. Maybe it is David uh, David Griffin, the former GM of the uh, of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know. But the fact that like Isaiah Thomas has like the audacity to come out and say, well, I'm not interested. Guess what? Nobody's interested. And oh, you. Okay. Good morning, Boomer. Good morning, Phil. How, How are, are you? you? How are you today, Man, buddy? this is great. You know, I thought so we'd come in. you last night, right? Shoot. Yeah, I did. I actually fell asleep a little earlier last night, which is great. Because the Yankee game, I thought it was canceled. Yeah. So I went to bed. But um, first off, sometimes they float these ideas. Could John Calipari be down there looking for an extension, more money? It's always something there. Something. Isaiah Thomas, he puts his name out there. Maybe he was contacted again by James. It doesn't matter. Well, he's, he's running the but, Liberty, so he's in the building. Yes, I but get put it. it out there so maybe somebody else is hiring. Come on, you know how the game works. Hey, hey, let me explain something to you. This is the problem that Jim Dolan has had. If there's always somebody's name floating out there. There's always somebody better than the guy he had. There's always somebody under contract with somebody else. Uh, give give up a draft pick to get a guy. You know, enough already. You know what, too? Really, honestly, I, we said this yesterday. Already. We said this yesterday. I did, I think. Uh, by the way, you did go back and watch the show. You I were really mad that it, I man. took too many shots oh, at you. You were taking shots at me left and right from <laughs> six oh one all the way until nine fifty nine yesterday. No, that's just not true. You the last hour, you I don't think I said three words. Well, Billy Jean King was in here. I didn't work. say anything either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you get on her. 
Uh, but I'm not getting on her. I thought she was unbelievable. The yeah, amount of passion was. and spunk she had you know, was ridiculous. That's the first thing my wife said when I came home. She goes, boy, that Billie Jean King. Is, yeah, no kidding. He's on fire. So anyway. But what were we talking about? About the Knicks and the GM search and who who the possible uh, villains are. They, I, I just laugh, you know, because I, I get these alerts on my phone. And the alert says, well, Isaiah Thomas takes himself out of the running. Well, who put him in the running? I mean, like, who? I, 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 I have to tell you, this is the truth. And, and I'll, that's why I like coming on here. Because my first thought was, when this all went down, I said, I wonder if they'll bring Isaiah Thomas nah, back. You know, I, we were and I know it. it would be just slaughtered by the papers and you and every, just about everybody. But it, it did cross my mind. You know, Isaiah does TV for NBA TV. You know, he's done a number of things. He's running the Liberty. The Liberty have been run pretty well under his uh, tutelage. I think it was a, like a handout from James Dolan to him to bring him back and right. let him be a part of basketball and all that other stuff. James Fine. Dolan has got to get involved. Uh, no, I, can on, you imagine on, being – no, 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 no. I don't mean to pick players and stuff like that. I'm just talking about be a little bit of a more of an overseer. And you. we all know the big picture, what you want your team to be, look like, and the culture. You talked about it yesterday. Mm. So that's the easy thing. We could all come up with that. Now put the people in place that will get that done. Yeah, for well, you. you know that's the problem. They haven't been able. They had the person in place. The name was Donnie Walsh, and then they Donnie Walsh. Yes. And then they superseded Donnie Walsh's authority, and they said, "Get uh, Carmelo here at any cost." And from that moment on, with the exception of the first uh, playoff, uh, you know, appearance that they had, it's been downhill. The last three years have been a disaster because they hire the wrong people. Here's the thing: the Garden is known in in the NBA, I believe, as the money pit. It is the money pit because the amount of people that never fulfill their contracts and always get bought out and paid off. And then they move on. And then when you look back at the lineage of this and the amount of people that have come through here over the last 10 years, whether it be Larry Brown or Isaiah Thomas or Phil Jackson now, it's all the same like, it's freaking only, no, people. No, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. And, and, and they'll all complain. They, every single one of them, maybe Isaiah won't because of his friendship with Jim Dolan, but they, to a man, I guarantee you, if you got them in a private moment, would roll their eyes and say the Garden is a dysfunctional place. Right. And I would say, if it's so dysfunctional, why are the Rangers run so well? Why are the Rangers have been so good over the last seven years? What what are they doing right that the, they they share a same facility up in Greenberg? I mean, they're right there. They work next to each other. Why why is the NBA portion of the Garden such a disaster? Is that because Jim Dolan is involved or isn't involved? I'm hiring Phil Jackson not to be involved. I you know I don't know what it is because I'm not close enough to it. But all I can tell you. To, 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 to read the, the tabloids and to read all the crap about Isaiah Thomas and John Calipari, go get the guy from Toronto who's got a five-year extension. Get the guy in Memphis, he's got a five-year extension. I mean, stop. Stop with all the nonsense and the hyperpole. You know, find somebody who's legitimate. Find a Sean Marks type who's freaking legitimate, who understands what the league's all about and understands what the Knicks need to do to navigate through this this sewer look, pit of toxicity yeah, but that to, the garden has turned out to be. They got to overpay. Why? Years ago, why do but, they have to here, overpay? Here's why. Well, here, but listen, it's good, a New but, York job. You get okay, this one, no, right? Yeah, no, 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 no. Wait, hold. On. I'm gonna stop all that myth. It's the NBA has completely changed. All the players. I mean, just read. I know they don't like the dysfunction here with the Knicks. But the players, there's so many other spots now they're willing to go to because life is great, the organization is different, and the lure of Madison Square Garden, which I will say, besides old Yankee Stadium, are the two best 
venues I've ever been in. So that that is gone. So they've lost that. So they brought in Phil Jackson. I said, oh, well, good. Maybe he can bring in some of those big, high-profile free agents and it can turn back into what we – well, that didn't work either. So no matter who comes in here, it's it's a long well, road. They're not going to bring in a big-time free agent that's going to change the franchise. Now they're not. I, I mean, listen, I, I was one of those guys. I thought for a year, two years, LeBron James is coming to New York. Well, let me ask you this question. How about, how, about, how about if you – well – I don't want to get into all this stuff, but you know, if you want to speculate, if they hired David Griffin, you know, LeBron James is not going to be happy in Cleveland, so the reports say, and that he's going to want to get out of there next year because he doesn't like the fact that Griffin's not there. Right, but can blah, they, blah, they, blah. Can so they put Griffin, enough pieces with uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, that's, listen, that's not. I, I don't know about that, but here's, here's my point. I just want to be simple about this. This is the New York Knicks. At one point in time, this was, you know, this had history, it had culture, it had everything that you would want. Uh, in a basketball team, plus you're playing in the so-called mecca of basketball that is really the mecca for all the stars that come in and put up big numbers against the Knicks and are embarrassed and do it in front of Spike Lee, and he sits there kissing her ass. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, let's let's take a step back. It's the New York Knicks. It is Madison Square Garden. Why am I overpaying to bring somebody here? Why Why am I having to go steal somebody from somebody else's organization? Well, I'm going to act like I'm the big dog. You want to come and run the New York Knicks, then you come to me. And I'm going to find somebody who's serious about it, who's not about flash and dash and what he's wearing, uh, you know, to practices and what is uh, what is lineage and legacy. Well, and they had that. Is. They had it. They had it. Well, you said it with Donnie Walsh. I, when I was coming in to work with you. I said, let me just kind of go back through the coaches and the GMs. And I saw Donnie Walsh. I went, oh, boy, I remember that well, whole and he scenario. Was a New York, he's a New Yorker, and he got it. And he, he got you know, it. He was building a team. And he was underrated. Uh, um, I would say underrated. Uh just kind of under the radar. It, yes. was, it wasn't a big, flashy guy. could right. barely walk. And I remember Craig making fun of him when they were trying to uh, recruit LeBron James, that Donnie Walsh was going to go in with a wheelchair because he, was, oh, he wasn't feeling well. He had a bad, <laughs> couple bad things going on. And, you know, how is that going to inspire LeBron James to come to New York? And then you got Mayor Bloomberg. Come on, LeBron, you come to New York and all this other crap. It's just, it just it's mind-boggling to me that, that we or the Knicks think that they always need the next big name. You know, it's not always about the next big name. It's I'm about already sweating. Find somebody who is a legitimate basketball person who who basically wants this job because this is the next step in creating his own legacy, like Sean Marks is doing for the Nets. Yeah. No, I don't know if it's going to work out for the Nets. I'm not sure. But what he inherited over there, well, it looks with, with, this, with, with the loss of draft picks and the salary cap problems and everything else that the Nets have been dealing with over the last three years, it's not easy to get yourself out from underneath all of that. So the Knicks are in that spot right now. How are they going to move Carmelo Anthony? They better not bring back Derrick Rose. There are plenty of other uh, free agent point guards out there that would probably love to come to New York, assuming that Derrick Rose is not here, and work with the new rookie who they can't spell the name right on the back of his jersey down in, in, uh, in the in summer, summer league. Summer league. Jesus God, it's, uh, you, it just it never ends. <laughs> well, I'm not really uh, you know concerned about how they misspelled his name. That's... Yeah, but it just it's part and parcel to what the problems are. And it just adds to the dysfunction. It adds to the perception that they don't know what they're doing. That That's the problem. I feel bad for Jeff Hornacek because my sense is he's a really good basketball guy. Yes. He's a real solid guy. He's not, you know, I don't think he's here uh, for the reasons that other people have come here and to get another check. 
I don't believe that that's why he's here. I believe he's here because he really knows basketball, wants to coach basketball, and wants to get it right here in New York. Because if he does, then he will be lauded as the guy who knows. Yeah, I think he, I I do, you know, listen, I think he knows what brand of basketball he's going to play. Of course, he played in the league, had great success. And I think given time, I'll be, I would be surprised if he doesn't get the team back to respectability. I'm excited that he is the coach of the basketball so, so team. So am I. And here's the thing. You know what he wants to play? He wants to play NBA 2017 basketball. Well, he, what is he's that? A, well, he's two years. up and down the court shooting threes. That's what the, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers do. That's what the Golden State Warriors do. That's what the Spurs do. That's what the Nets are trying to build. It's athleticism. It's wing players. It's three-pointers. It's, it's up and down the court. It's Mike yeah. D'Antonio, uh, D'Antonio down in uh, Houston with uh, James Harden and now Chris Paul. Now, what did you think when you saw Mike D'Antoni down in Houston running that offense? You go, wow, wouldn't that have been really cool? It did, look good. It did look good with Jeremy Lin running. Yeah, it. I know, it, but it that was great. Well, why, why did that end? Well, because he didn't want to coach Carmel, couldn't deal with it. Well, Carmel yeah, they, want to play they didn't that want way. Jeremy Lin. It was, you know, that, well, that whole situation. Want to play that way. He wants to, you know, that's why Carmel needs to go. He just needs to go because he will be an impediment, even though. The toxicity of Phil Jackson is gone. Toxicity. You, that, yes. you, you like that word. I, I love that word yeah. because I really think that it, that it it accurately reflects what the Garden and Greenberg's practice facility was like. Okay. Uh, well, because you know, they, want, they don't want to be told by a guy who's not coaching them how to run the damn triangle because he's got 11 rings. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing the way this thing went down over the last. The well, you think look- about it. Think about it this way. How about your head coach? Who was your best head coach? Sam Weish. How about um, the, Mike Brown, I guess, is ge- the general manager. The general manager. But how about if Bengals, Mike yes. Brown was coming down to Sam Weish during practice and going, you know, I know you're running this hurry-up offense, but let's go and let me show you an offense I want you to do. I mean, maybe, maybe you should have watched films with Mike and Pete Brown and Katie Brown on Monday mornings with the coaches. What? You had to do that? No, I didn't have to do that. The coaches had to do that with the owners. Oh, and explain to them what uh, they were doing. Because, you know, they're a football family, you know, with Paul I, Brown I, I and everything. Know it well. and Mike played. Mike was Mike a Brown tells himself. me every time I see him, you know, I came to Moorhead State to see you. You know, you didn't throw it that well that day. That's right. Oh. You didn't. I did, but you didn't. <laughs> no, but anyway, you know, the interesting thing is, is that you're right. You don't want the the president on the court, no matter what his name is, because you know they're all going to be, uh, they're all going to be supportive of him being on the court publicly. But you know they're all rolling their eyes behind his back. Absolutely. And you know the story came out yesterday. Sports Illustrated wrote it that supposedly Carmel Anthony told Kristaps Porzingis stop supporting the triangle publicly. Stop talking about it publicly in a positive light. Well, I think that that's it, great. It, that's I'm what not, you want. That's well, what you want your team leader to do. Go to his teammates and tell them. Don't support the triangle publicly. Well, I think that was, if you read between the lines, that was already out there. The fact that they thought Carmelo Anthony was taking Kristaps and changing his thought process. Oh, yeah. and, yes. He made him become an NBA player. Yeah, Look, well, we're entitled. We do whatever we want. We, we don't have to be coached. We don't have to show up for practice. We can leave if we want. We can smoke as much dope as we want, too. Well, it's don't. the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, and unless you have a Russell Westbrook, a Le- LeBron James, a James Harden, a Steph Curry, a Kevin Durant, who, even though he was an, he was awesome in the playoffs, Kevin Durant, believe it or not, had to be unselfish to fit in. 
Oh, Steph well, Curry had to be unselfish to fit in. Clay Thompson had to be unselfish to fit in. Now, I, I think that Clay Thompson and Seth Curry probably had shots taken away from them because of the addition for Kevin Durant. Did you but ever they think when, won a championship. when they brought Kevin Durant in there, you watched him play many, many times at Oklahoma City. I remember the year he played at the University of Texas. You watch him as a person. You know he's going to blend in. He's not the type of guy that goes in and tries to overtake situations. I'm, he's not LeBron James who's going to come in and dominate the team and we're going to, it's going to evolve around me when I want to do yeah, it. Yeah, a different type of personality. Yeah, different no, no question. He, so, and, and Steve Kerr, he said that during the series about, um, you, you know, uh, Kevin Durant. Yeah. They never for one second ever thought that it wasn't going to work out. They knew the chemistry would be there right from the start. But you also have to remember, you have, you have Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, you have Steph Curry. Those are the other three. So, uh, I'm sure you go to those three and you say, look, we, we can add Kevin Durant. What do you want? Yeah, we want him. Yeah, they know their roles. That's what's really cool. Right. You know, Draymond Green knows what he's there there's for no, to do. There's no selfishness around that team. Now, you got four stars there. you got four all-stars there. You have three out of the four. Maybe even all four will end up being uh, Hall of Famers, kind of like the Bulls that you know, came out of uh, the 80s with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. But at the, you know, at the end of the day right now, for us here in New York with the Knicks and the Nets, we are so far away from even competing for, like, fifth place in the Eastern Conference. Sixth place. I, even eighth place, just to get into a, just a little sniff of the playoffs. Just a little four-game sweep against yeah, it's our a long teams. Road ahead, long road ahead, no question. No uh, question. Yeah, I think the NBA is in trouble, but, you know, who knows. All right, 16, uh, 617 on the fan. Uh, Boomer and Carton here coming to you from the Investors uh, Bank uh, Studios and Phil Sims sitting in for Craig. The NBA is in trouble? I do, I do. I really I think don't. so. You know why I think? Why? Because you can't have these oh, super teams. Yeah, these three or four super teams that are, yes. Because that tells you that the, the fans in Memphis, that nothing doesn't mean anything to them. The, the, the fans in Oklahoma City, the fans in They're Denver. are still packing the stadiums when you watch the games. I understand that, but realistically, how many teams have a chance at a championship? Not many. Maybe Boston now. Maybe they'll make some. Free How many agency. teams in the NFL have a realistic chance of winning the Super Bowl? I would tell you at least half of them. And the reason I say that is because the propensity for injury is real in the NFL. It's Boomer and Carton. Mornings from 6 to 10 on the fan. Are you playing golf today? No. No. You played yesterday? Yeah. What'd you shoot? A lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah. How can you shoot a lot with much, as many, much golf as you play? It's windy. <laughs> My foot hurts. Oh, your foot. You must have lost some money, too. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, I love it. <laughs> Not a great day for the booms. No. Oh, All right, well, you got an update, Jerry? I guess yeah. I you know, I gave you a chance to bring it back to start well, the conversation. Well, I, I, well, 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 yeah, I got some complaints to have I'm about sure the station here. How, how many complaints do you have? Go well, ahead, go. Just a couple. All I right. mean, one, I come here yes. two mornings in a row. You know, another, one thing I learned, when you wake up, at three something in the morning, and I know you do this for a living. Now I can understand the way you look. Slings and arrows. No, I, can't. I, I mean, I got up. I saw myself on TV yesterday. I looked like I got stung by a bee. Like, <laughs> oh my god! I was swollen from no sweet. Yeah, yeah, you are but, swollen. Look but here you. we go. Look, you know I was coming on wearing a tight shirt again. It's not tight. Oh well, maybe you're just big. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> hell, I lose my train of thought so quick. But I come to the building. Yes. All right. The, the, you got to check in security around here. You think you're going into Fort Knox? I don't know about that with those two guys downstairs. They're okay, great guys and everything. But, but I've I never. I know they're going to stop you if you ever. If somebody ever jumped over, 
you know, the security barriers and got into the elevator, I don't think those guys are going to get out of there and stop you. Well, I, I have to yell so. both days I came in, is anybody here? <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. But they, they're very nice. And, oh, oh, Phil, well, let me look and see if you're, you're not on the list. That's not my fault. That's Bobby Dwyer's fault. I mean, Bobby, I'm never on. I wasn't on it yesterday. I wasn't on it today. So then I get on the elevator. He lets I come up, and of course you got to have a code key to get through a door around here. That's right. So you so were stuck in the elevator. I was lobby. stuck out there beating on the doors. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got on the phone to call downstairs, and well, whatever. It's finally somebody came by and saw me. And you know what's amazing is that just how much we appreciate our guest hosts around here. They just don't give a damn. These guys just everybody's so lazy around. I'm not saying you guys. Are lazy, but I mean, you just kind of did. You just, you just call yeah, lazy. You guys have jobs to do. I get that, and Bobby's all worried because he's sitting in Al's seat and he's not as weird and as awkward as Al is. <laughs> so he's really uh, anal about making sure everything's right for me, the host, and all that other stuff that he. I probably forgot about you. Probably what happened. Yeah. Plus, you didn't play for the Bengals because he's a big Bengal fan. Oh, he is. Yes. How's that working out? Uh, pretty good. I work with Booms now. That's yeah. right. Oh, well, I, so I told I you the first the day team. that I met Bobby, I didn't realize that he was a, a big Bengal fan. And I think Jerry told me uh, that Bobby was a huge Bengal fan and everything. It's Carlin, actually. Oh, oh it was Carl, Chris Carlin. Okay. Well, they the, need some down there. So you know, know what? I, you know you what do I, bingo games. They don't even sell out. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's awful. It's, sad. it's really sad. I mean, th- listen. When you were there, the Bengals and the Reds. You ever watched personality? We had all personalities. The, the, the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, you can sit behind home plate for five bucks. Now you can. Now you can. Now it's, it's amazing, right? And so, you know, their stadiums are right downtown. It's an awesome. It's setup. awesome. Just like Miami. Like I can't. I just can't get over the. I've never seen a Miami Marlins game where the place is even half full. Where there's people. There's a few people you can pick a seat. And yeah, it's so you know the amazing thing is is I I uh, go into the bathroom and Bobby's in there. So he's at one stall. I go to the other stall. Oh, God. Well, I do, do we go any farther than right, this? And I look at Bobby and I go, hey, how you doing? <laughs> oh, my God. oh, my God. It's my idol. <laughs> Sadly, a true story. It is a very true story. But, you know, somebody out there that adores you. That right, is very yeah. well, nice. Well, you know, Bobby, it's great working with Bobby for all these years. He actually has a Bengal tattoo that he had put on his body on this show, on this on the on, side on of, his stomach. On his stomach. You had a Bengals tet. Hey, my mic finally came on. Right. You know, you could show my it to him God. a little bit later, Bobby, a show and tell as we continue. Absolutely. Show where, where is it? You're not going to pull your pants down for me to see this. No, no my okay, stomach. Good. I have to pull my shirt up. Good. Oh. Hey, hey, did you ever had a guy in, in his rookie season go down like in his first game the way that Dustin Fowler did last night? Uh, no, I did not see the game last night. Like I told you, I thought they canceled it. I just so showed I you the highlight. Yeah, I know. I watched it. it. It's really sad. I, I heard Joe Girardi's. Comments earlier when crying. Jerry was playing them. Yeah, my gosh. The, your dream and the first game you're in, you never get the bat. That's it's, right. It's so tough. 13 guys now for the Yankees that are on the DL. Now, they just keep bringing up prospects. It's amazing. And this doesn't count Glyber Torres, who hurt his elbow down in the minors at AAA. And the interesting thing about it, I, I had one guy, but I wasn't there yet in Cincinnati, but the Cincinnati Bengals – Traded up with the Carolina Panthers, and they took number one overall a running back, Kajana Carter, out of Penn State. Remember him? Remember him well. Right. His first game with the Cincinnati Bengals in a preseason game against the Detroit Lions tears his ACL. Wow. Tears his ACL. His first carry, his first game. He tries to make a cut on the uh, the AstroTurf up there in Pontiac and blows his knee out. His career really never, I don't know, never, that, never, it never got, took off, that's well, yeah, for when sure. I, when I got there, I got back there in 97, and at that time... 
he was kind of like our secondary running back behind a rookie by the name of Corey Dillon. Right. Well, that's pretty and, good player. Uh, but Kajana was a great pro. I mean, he was a really good pro, just never lived up to the lofty standards of being the number one overall selection in the draft and being traded for and all that other stuff, all due to an injury. So I, I've been around a guy who's been through that. He did come back a little bit. Now, the good thing about Dustin Fowler, he'll come back. He's young. He'll be back next year at some point, and he'll have a chance. So. I, not that this is a side story, but Jamal Adams, the first-round pick for the New York Jets, yes. who's going to be tremendous. I mean, he's Ed Reed, but bigger and faster. Okay. That's what he looks like. But his father, George, was a first-round pick of the New York Giants as a running back out of the University of Kentucky. His first year, <clears throat> 1985, <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a cough button. Yeah, right no, no, I got to get it. On it. Yeah, it does. It I need to get my reading glasses it'll, on to it'll, see it'll, it. It will turn your red light off. Yes, I know you I use know, it a lot. I know you have a hard time doing Yeah, I do do use it a lot. But I, it, the thing is, is you're having a hard time multitasking. All right, I, I'll, I I'll get to you. As a quarterback, you don't interrupt me when I'm trying to tell a story. All right, go ahead, George Adams. But, ahead. but good first year. We're going to build our offense around him in 1986. He's going to be that running back that's going to carry it for power, speed, and we're going to send him down the field in all types of passes because he was tremendous. Training camp. And we're going to limit our quarterback's uh, attempts. (laughs) Well, whatever. They were pretty limited anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But he jumps over a guy just to hop, and I can remember Casey Merrill raised his foot up, caught his foot while he was in the air, and he landed on his hip, and he had the Bo Jackson hip injury. Boom, career over. Yeah. Yeah, it's so unfortunate. It, but I think, you know, listen, Dustin Fowler, he looked like he was running out of control. Like he just didn't realize. I know he was trying really hard. He yeah. wanted to make a play and he wanted to make an impression. But, I mean, you, gotta, you just got to pull up a little bit. And I know Joe Girardi was talking about maybe he ran into like an electrical box or something that well, was not. That it was, was not set covered. underneath the rail and above the padding. You know, uh, even if nothing was there, as hard as he hit that see wall. See it on the TV? That, yeah, I do see yeah, it. Yeah. That's so sad, man. And, you know, and everybody, every, you know, here's the great thing about all, you know, for for guys like me and you, though, I said we were in the league for like seven or eight years, and we have a rookie come in, and all of a sudden that rookie started seeing some success, scoring touchdowns, you know, running for 100 yards in a game, whatever it may be. I mean, how happy are you for that kid? Yes. To see, you know, the agile, you know, just the the exhilaration of, of yeah. doing something really tremendous and being there for the first time and, and living your dream. That's exactly exactly what Dustin Fowler was doing yesterday. Well, hopefully it, he's young, works out, gets back. I mean, that's what it is. Listen, we always talk about this. Jerry, you know it too. you coaching Little League Baseball, right? You're over there coaching? Yes, sir. Yeah, well, sports is, I, I like to tell this, I exaggerate, but it's 90% adversity and goes bad. But for the 10%, <laughs> Man, that's the best. That's why you play, and that's, hmm. that's what There's makes it so There's nothing like a special. parade in New York City, is there? Well, I never got one. Why, why didn't you guys have a parade? Because Mayor Koch said, hey, you stay over there in New Jersey. You oh, know is that, that what happened? Yeah, Mayor Koch. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. Well, yeah. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah. All right, Gary, you got an update? Yeah, brought to you by Brittany and Campisi Air Conditioning. Keep cool and visit com. Here is how it sounded on the radio. 0-2 is Pop Fowl down the right field line. Fowler on the run. Runs right into the fence. And the way guys get hurt, he ran right into the fence on the side, and he's hurt. How do y'all like that? He hasn't played an inning, and he's hurt. He's on the ground. Yeah, he was scheduled to lead off. That's the Dustin Fowler injury. John Sterling on the fan. White Sox did beat the Yankees 4-3. That, though, right now, the bigger story the kid just brought up. 
open rupture of his patella tendon, had to go right in for surgery. They were worried about infection, uh, and this happened in the bottom of the first inning, and so just a brutal night overall. This game had a long rain delay. It didn't end until 2 o'clock in the morning, our time. I would just say this. You better – I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. They had a the, the top doctor in Chicago doing this, I would imagine. I would think so. I don't know, but I would think so. And hopefully he wasn't out having cocktails at a steak dinner or something like that. Right. That would not good be good, no. Because, you know, the, the the fact that they had to go right in and do it, and because of course you have to. Yep. Um, if you have a guy that does some kind of hatchet job on you, and you're talking about a professional athlete. Well, I think Susan said their top team doctors, uh, the White Sox team doctors, performed the surgery. All right, good. I'm pretty All sure right. that's good what she him. said. Good for that kid. Uh, so you had a loss. You also had, and this is not, trust me, this ain't picking on John, because the guys in Chicago got this wrong. I think on TV they got it wrong. Melky Cabrera tried to pull a fast one on Aaron Judge. And the 2-1. Oh, oh, yeah. There it goes deep ball. left. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Uh, Aaron Judge hits his. No, he caught it. Uh, I don't like me? what Malcolm Cabrera did he there. Did you see that? It. He did. He said, you know, that, that's that's akin. That's almost akin yeah. to a guy taking thirty seconds to run around the base pass, like Yasiel Puig. Yeah, that's all right. Run. That doesn't bother me. You Enjoy see, your see home what, run. Uh, Cabrera did there. Yeah. Yes, I did. And Puig, I think he did it again. Last he did. Night, it was right? a good bat flip. Really well, good really? bat flip. Oh, he shoved the thing right to the dugout. It was awesome. Yeah, I saw him do it. I forgot. Was that against the Mets when he did it? No, he did it last night. No, 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 no last night. Initially, but he, he did it against well, the against Mets. the Mets, he did the 32-second yeah. trip and around when, the bases. And Flores, I think, said yes. something to him. I didn't Correct. Think, he didn't seem too concerned. Uh, he's not He's not concerned. I don't, no. You know, he's like. You know Donald Trump tweeting. Who cares, right? <laughs> no, he doesn't seem to have like a you know like a muffler or anything. He didn't have a care in the world, right? But here's the thing: Melky Cabrera was, was basically jerking around with everybody. Yeah, because he looked that back case, up in the stands like you know the ball was yeah. a home run, and, and Judge is all the way to second base at that time. Yep, he was just wondering if it went over or not. And by the way, Cabrera threw out Ronald Torres. You want to talk about just a laser of a throw from left field? Uh, he did that in this game as well. 4-3 was the final. All right, here's the post-game sound. Joe Girardi, the injury to Fowler Brutal. He ruptured his patella tendon. He's in surgery right now because he had an open wound and they were worried about infection. Says really shouldn't have happened. He hit the electrical box is what he hit. And it sits this far back from the fence. And to me, that's a problem. Meredith asking Joe. Are you just in disbelief the way I was unfolds? in tears, actually. Um, because I know what it takes to get here. And now it's going to be at least, you would think he said, six months before the kid gets back on the baseball field. Aaron Judge, this sucks. I was sick to my stomach, you know, when I kind of heard what happened. And, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. So the Yankees split the four games. They go to Houston tonight to take on uh, the Astros. We'll have it on the fan. Yankees 4-12 and in their last 16 games. Red Sox did win last night, so again, they... Uh, jump over the Yankees atop the AL East. The judge was the DH last night, normally the right yes. fielder. He yeah. could have been out there. I'm not saying that that would have been him. You know, I don't necessarily know that he would have went running into the, the sure. wall the way that um, Fowler did. Um, interesting. Now, 13 guys uh, for the Yankees have been on the DL. 13. The Mets have had 17. I forget who. Maybe it was John Ricco the other day from the Mets. I mean, he came out. They were asking him about the injuries, and he said, it's not just us. Our number is ridiculous. He goes, but you look around. It's absurd. It is absurd. Across all of Major League Baseball. So you, you did have that. that there, well, Chief? Yes, I do, Chief. I gave it to you yesterday. It's going to continue. Why? What would stop it? 
Well, let me ask the, you a the question. Way, when, pitchers, Fowler, when you have well, Fowler get hurt, yes, and the other guys, nothing, yeah, the Trey, Tur- hurt, yeah. Yes, Trey Turner gets hit by yes. a pitch. That happens. Nothing Something like this yes. is not conditioning or tight muscle. I mean, it's just unfortunate. Yes, but, but it just, just adds. The, Jerry, we talked about this yesterday. Pitchers throw all out so much. Every it's pressure. They, you know, we we've seen a few of late that are a little more finesse. So there's going to be problems there. And look at the hitters. You talk about the way they swing. And then every single night, we last night watching the Mets game, there's like three or four or five fantastic fielding plays that we just take for granted now. We do. These I agree. players are going all out, diving, running, and uh, – each row, did you see his running catch? Uh, yeah, he made a defense. great play. Yeah, yeah he yeah. made a great play. But so those are pl- and he's places 40, what, where you can old. get hurt. <laughs> 43. I'll yeah. tell you what, though, about, you also see uh, as Drupal Cabrera at second base not be able to get to a second, uh, get to a ground ball, you could see that there's a lack of range there. Well, no, but that ball, he That's was unlucky. Shortstop. The ball took a, a – it was it did spin and hop over his glove. My God, he can't catch everything. Guy's got to make a play. You should be an analyst. Just complain about every play. Search Kevin Pillar and look I at his catch know. last night as well. <laughs> Mets did uh, beat the Marlins 6-3. to You're discussing Estrubal Cabrera. Uh, T.J. Rivera and Jay Bruce both with a couple of RBIs apiece. Uh, reports say Mets interested in Bartolo Colon, maybe. He was designated for assignment. He was brutal again two nights ago now, as the Braves. The deal. He's okay. got an over-8 ERA, Jerry. 8.13, Right. Yes. Now, he's supposedly been texting with a couple guys, his buddies on the Mets, saying how unhappy he was in Atlanta. He wasn't unhappy going to the bank on Tuesdays making 14 bills. Not bad. Yeah, that'd be pretty one good, One year, right? right? He one signed year, a one-year yeah. deal. So now the Mets can get him for about five and a half, uh, $550,000 or five sixty-five, something like that, minimum, whatever it is. And the question is, with all the guys that the Mets have on the injured list, Wheeler, uh, you know, Harvey, Syndergaard, uh, and now Gazelman's on the injury list. Wouldn't you bring him back just to give him a couple starts just to see what happens? Absolutely. Would you what the it? hell? Yes, not, I right? would. Absolutely, I would. Well, maybe yes, they will. I mean, it may, it, it's everything. He probably would feel more comfortable here, and you know, if nothing else. He is an innings eater. So he eats he, everything. Well, he was eating well, everything in Atlanta <laughs> except innings. <laughs> no, is he? Is he gained a lot of weight? No, but oh. he was terrible. How could, you, how could you tell? Well, that's a good point, too. <laughs> I mean, even even two nights ago in uh, San Diego, like three innings, six See, runs. has so been brutal. The Mets are at home against Philly, right? Yes. Uh, this yes. Week, this Jacob weekend. DeGrom tonight. And it looks Sunday like start. Wheeler will start uh, tomorrow as tomorrow, well. So give him the Sunday start. So that's a good thing. Um, well, you, he's got to clear waivers and everything before oh, you can bring clear. him in. I know he will, but it's he, there's a, you can't just say, we want him. Bring him in. Bring him in. It, it might take a couple of Get days. Get him in here. Let's go. So anyway, so you have that uh, Red Sox beat the Twins. I told you about the Dodgers over the Angels in that game uh, with the Puig bla- uh, bat flip. 6-2 is the final. Clayton Kershaw, 12 strikeouts over seven innings. He's 12-2 and two with an ERA of 2.32. Wow. It's just ridiculous. Uh, and one other thing from baseball, the Indians beat the Rangers 5-1, 12 strikeouts for Corey Kluber, who tied the year franchise record held by Bob Feller. Four consecutive games, double-digit strikeouts. <laughs> Knicks reportedly to meet with former Cavs GM David Griffin as they look for a new team president and the Devils signing uh, goalie Keith Kincaid to hey, the deal. Right. Jerry, has Clayton Kershaw ever had any arm problems since he's No, he's league? had a major back issue. The back issue, yeah. But I, as I far as I know, with... I don't think an arm problem, no. Yeah, that's amazing. And that curveball he's got oh. is disgusting. <laughs> it is <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That's his out pitch. That's it's, the it's, pitch that, that is, nobody can hit. What other curveball kind of reminds you of that little different style? Bird Blylevin, right? Oh, I suppose. I mean, that's what, what are we doing? We're doing like the, the old doing sports talk. 60s, well, can't uh, we do that? Hot stove. Remember, league? Neil Allen had a great hook. Oh, yeah. Great. Okay, good. <laughs>
Perfect. It's Boomer and Carton. Mornings from 6 to 10 on Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN and WFAN FM, New York. From a quarterback standpoint, it, it is about communication. It's about trusting the players that you're on the field with and the amount of anxiety that goes along with that in that kind of situation and that environment. Yeah, Josh McCown is the guy. Listen, he is the perfect quarterback to bring into a team to help young guys because one he would do it no matter what if he was making 25 million he'd still put all of his time into the backup quarterbacks because that's the kind of person he is he was very talented for many many years he's definitely on the end not the same guy that he was when I watched him last year, he's just not the same guy he was. Well, I did a couple, couple of his years games ago. when he was in Chicago and uh, well, he, when he, Cutler got hurt and he it. actually lit it up. Lit it up. I mean, listen, the McCown brothers, like guys that they're are con- survivors, is what they. Well, are. they're survivors, but they can they play basketball. They can three sixty dunk. I mean, and they can throw the ball. They can that? run. Yeah, no, they can three six. <laughs> Christopher, my son Christopher, yeah. played down in Tampa with not Josh, his brother. And he goes, he was a freak. Like, could just play basketball, jump up, spin in the air, and smash it. And, great athletes. Yeah, great athletes. Right, let's go That's to Anthony, and, uh, Anthony in Middletown. You're on with Former and Phil. What's happening, Anthony? Hey. Hey, guys. I, 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 you stole my thunder. Phil, I was with Otis Anderson last night. And, uh, Boomer, I just want to thank you for having my son and, and us in the studio way back when. Yeah, but, no problem, Anthony. But, uh, you know, I, I just want to say, everybody talks, you know, I played quarterback at Montclair. Not at your level, but I, I get it. But everybody talks, uh, you know, about how good they are. And, and McCown, you know, yeah, they're great. But you, you guys both know that up front is, is where it starts. Nobody ever talked about the up. These guys are going to be running for their lives. No, so no, 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 no. I don't Buffalo. believe that. I don't believe that. Uh, but, but, I'm sorry. But, you, know, you said Buffalo's going to get a few guys back. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. But I'm, maybe the first game it's going to be rough. But the Jets are not just empty up on the offensive line. They're they're going to be interior wise. Two guards in center are James as, Carpenter, yes. winners as good as you can get at guards. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, but their problems are going to be a tackle. Their backside is going to be protected. All Kelvin week. Beecham, I, 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 when oh. he played at Pittsburgh, I thought he was really good. Did very right. well. And he did have, you know, last year, I think he was in Jacksonville, didn't go as well, got hurt. But yeah, Thanks, uh, Anthony. Did, but they got enough up there where it's just not going to be a disaster. I, I will say this. When, I, you, have, when, you, have, when, you, have, when you have a a veteran quarterback that's been around with an offensive line for six, seven years, whether it be Brady or Matthew Stafford or, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees, they make the offensive line better. They, and the offensive line knows who they are. They know all the characteristics of the quarterback, and they know how you know how long they they have to block. And and you take a look at the, some of those offensive lines, you see some really quality offensive. You see quality players. So the previous caller is right for sure. Yes, I. But it, but I also believe that Tom Brady's not playing with any Hall of Fame offensive linemen. The, look, the, you, you're right. Two things. Like I said about the Jets, they have a little depth there. It's there's no superstars. But they got some really good players. And Tom Brady, what they do, they don't really have superstars up front. They're well taught, but they have an offense. Look, we're not asking you to block this guy for a long time because they throw a lot of short passes. They mix it up so defensive linemen never get in the rhythm to just attack the quarterback when they do get in those situations, just like the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, when you look at that Super Bowl against Atlanta, he took a lot. Of big hits, yeah, he did because it was obvious pass. And what did so? What did New England do? He caught it and threw it as fast as he could, just to make sure he didn't get hit, and it worked. I'll tell you what, it did work. Let's go to Clem in Rockland County. Clem, you're on with Boomer and Phil. 
Hey, good morning, man. Before good morning. I get to my apology to Phil, I just want to say if more professional athletes drank Bigelow tea, they'd probably be less injuries. <laughs> <laughs> Very so, good. So I got some here. I'm going to give some to Boomer because it, it can trim you up, too. No doubt that I need it. So, listen, uh, Phil, I, I've loved you as an announcer, but i got to tell you, I, I hated you as a player. As a loudmouth Cowboy fan, you were, were on top of my list. So, uh, my, one of my best friends growing up, his father was a huge Giants fan. His, his basement was about 2,000 square feet of all Giants memorabilia. A lot of signed footballs, pictures, just everything across the board. So my friend was in love with my sister, who was about 10 years older. And one day we decided to make a trade, uh, a LT figurine and a Phil Sims figurine for a pair of my sister's bra and panties. And we made the trade. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Come on. I, Jesus. I, I abused you, Phil. For years, I, I gave you pile drivers, elbow drops. I threw you out of my trailer a couple times. Oh, I, I, I mean, you were abused, and I just want to say that I apologize for all that because I, I, I sincerely believe that sometimes, especially when you play Dallas, it actually worked. But I just want to thank you for being a great announcer and just a great, just a great person. You really are a good guy, although you're a giant forever, and I hate everything Giants. I just want to apologize and say. Uh, Keep up the good work. Oh, that's nice. Something good. Very that, nice. Thank you. The heart of Cowboys. Yeah, you know, let, let, let me tell you something. I yeah. went down in that Dallas stadium my first couple of years. Roger Stallback was the core. How cool is that? I played against Roger Stallback. And, oh, I'm sorry. Right, so I played against Dan Fouts. I played with well, that, so Kenny I. Anderson. I played against Dan Marino. I played against the great Phil But Sims. Roger Stallback was the guy. I, I that's watched who you. I, I watched you. I watched you not only have your best game ever as a quarterback in the Super Bowl, but I also watch you throw for the most George you've ever thrown for in a game in the stadium that I was in. Yes, and? And what? You had a great game. You threw, oh. I think, for 513 yards. No, but y'all, you guys won. That's, oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was waiting on. But right, well, whatever. Dallas playing in that stadium back in those days. Oh, my gosh. Randy White. Too tall, Jones. Jeff, I mean, it was that, that was brutal times. Oh, yeah. Were you a, were you a fan of like the Reds growing up? You were a fan of oh, uh, big time. Love the Cincinnati Reds. Right. So you love your team. You never want to give up, right? right? The quarterbacks when there I were go. growing up, when I was growing up, yeah, it was Roger Staubach and Terry Bradshaw. They and, were the men. And you loved the big red machine. How about Anthony and Marlboro in New Jersey? Who do you love, Anthony? I love uh, the fact that I got two Hall of Famers on the radio right now that I'm talking to. What a pleasure. Well, we appreciate that, but I know you're not giving up on your Mets team, are you? Uh, Boomer, I'm not. But, Phil, if I can, real quick, uh, visited Kane University Monday night to see the your North and South High School Football Classic. Wonderful job. What a great plateau you put those kids on. What a great experience. You had a packed house. And I urge anybody in the area next year to get out to Phil Sims. North wow, North, South. that's <clears> nice. Classic. Thank you. I what learned a great a, night, Phil. That game, I learned great a night. lot about it, how to run an all-star game from this guy over here. You know, Boomer runs his every year. You're, you had great you success, mean, too. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, you know, it's, okay. a, it's thought, a labor of love. you met Craig. No, not Craig, believe me. Oh. Craig runs <laughs> golf tournaments, and, you know, Craig runs, you know, dinner parties. That's what he runs. Yes. Boomer, <laughs> five and five on a road trip. Yep. Uh, being swept, although being swept by the Dodgers, four out of five. You got crafty veterans on this team. You got Cespedes. You got Bruce. You got Granderson. You got Reyes. You got guys that know how to play, know how to hit in big spots. I know the pitching staff's banged up, but as you guys alluded to an hour ago, injuries happen in sports. We got Trey Turner, a key element of the of the Nats, now out. I'm not telling you they're going to run away with the division or catch the division, should I say? But what's wrong with believing? On June 30th, 
that this team at least can't get the 500 and take care of business this weekend with the uh, Phillies, and we got our ace going. What do you Nothing. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Anthony. I like the way you're thinking. You know, I'm a Met fan too, and you know, and I, I watch trends in baseball. There's no question about it. There are ten and a half uh, games out of first place in their division. There are also nine and a half games out of the wild card right now. Now, the interesting thing at the top of the wild card. The Diamondbacks and the Colorado Rockies. The Colorado Rockies have lost eight games in a row right now. The Diamondbacks have lost their last two. Right. Everybody's going to go through a swoon somewhere along the line. The question is, can the Mets stop with the five and fives? And can they get to a seven and three? Can they get to an eight and two run and get themselves a little bit closer by the middle of July by the trading deadline? And then you have to wonder what Sandy Alderson's going to do. Well, I, I think it's I think it's a it's far fetched to think that way right now. But I will say that if something happens here crazy this weekend and you look who the pitching matchups are, look who you're playing in the Philadelphia Phillies, who are the worst team, by the way, in the National League, have the worst record. They're tied with the Giants. Well, I guess they're actually worse than the Giants. So you got to believe that if the Mets can sweep this series with the Phillies, now all of a sudden you start thinking a little bit differently and it's now the, the dog days of July are here. Right. And yes, us as Mets fans can hold out hope. Now they've done this to us. Many, many times. Okay, but wait. There, there was Anthony calling all gung-ho, and, and I'm kind of with him. You know, I get caught up. I'm a believer. I always think it's going to happen. They can do it. Especially Whatever. the way the Mets have come out of uh, uh, June here, hitting all these home runs. Yeah, but as he was talking, a lot of runs. my point being, as he was talking, you were just rolling your eyes like, oh, my gosh. You know, Well, because he was like giving you all these platitudes. No, he wasn't talking about me. He was talking about the the Mets. No, no, I, I, I mean, I understand where he's coming from because as a fan, you never want to give up and you never want to just, unless, of course, you're a Philly fan or a Giant fan. And, you know, the Mets have beat up some bad teams here. That's okay. You know, when, they, when they actually played the Dodgers, they got smoked. Okay. They didn't even have a chance. So I would just say this. Dodgers are rolling. It's a cautionary, so- it's a cautionary tale when you're talking about the Mets and being sucked back in. We're kind of getting sucked back in right now. Guys, make sure all phone calls are all about Boomer, you know. The people that want to say nice things about him. What are you eating over there already? I'm not eating anything. I was just looking you know, at every a, time a I pin. watch the show, I'm home in the mornings, I'm yes. drinking a cup of coffee, reading stories, and I look up, you're stuffing your face with cookies. And all you do is complain. You know, I'm heavy. I don't I'm, I'm so I'm heavy. not complaining. Who's complaining? I'm not complaining. Oh, Why, have you ever heard me complain? I've never complained. You complain to me. Well, I complain about you. My I uniform. You know, Phil, my uniform and softball. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I can't even get in it. It's so it's all tight. <laughs> it is. It's Boomer and Carton. Mornings from 6 to 10 on The Fan. The NBA starts free agency. The NHL starts free agency. Both of those start July 1st. Uh, there's going to be a lot of movement. I would imagine that uh, for both the Knicks and the Rangers, uh, being trying to trying to be aggressive. The Rangers need a backup goaltender. They need some more defensive help. They do need a number one center. There isn't a number one center available uh, that I think Ranger fans would be very happy with in free agency. Uh, so uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what uh, Jeff Gordon and uh, his staff come up with uh, in terms of free agency for the Rangers and fulfilling some of the needs there. Uh, for the Knicks, they need. I don't want Derrick Rose back here. They still have to figure out what to do with Carmel Anthony. Uh, Steve Mills is running the show. He is acting as president and general manager. I think this is his shot. If he shows that he can manipulate some of this stuff, get some things done, and bring some quality players in here to fit Jeff Hornacek's system, why why would you have to go out and look for somebody else? You wouldn't. 
I mean, that's, that's... I think the way, if I'm Steve Mills, is how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at, this is my shot. I want to prove to Jim Dolan I've been a loyal uh, you know, employee. I want to be the guy that's making these decisions. Everybody you know, always talks about big names. Bring this guy in here. Bring that guy in here. How about a loyal, long-term employee that has a chance to do something now? I like that, and stability. So give the head coach a chance. Um, you know, Mike D'Antoni, when he was here, I, I did like watching him play. Yes, and then and it's fate. And then I thought, well, he gets fired, of course. And, and I, I think just Jeff go, Hornacek is that guy. He yeah, wants to be that way. I think way. he's the same way. And I and but but I thought, well, it's over. I was wrong, and all that. Then I see him in Houston. I go, okay. So he was on to what what the NBA was turning into. Don't you have a sense that the New York Giants are now going to morph into? What we see around the NFL with the additions that they have at the wide receiver and tight end position. Oh well, yeah, I think they they wanted to be that team last year, but they really are now. Now yes. they really are that team that is going to be an offensive minded team. It's 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 kind of like you know with the way the rules have changed in a lot of these sports, you know, at the major league levels. Um, all of a sudden, you get more home runs, you get more runs, more scoring in basketball. Right. Uh, listen, you see more uh, great talent on the ice in hockey because of the rules, the way they're done, and then same thing in basketball. Yes, it's up and down, up and down, up and down, and shooting threes. And I think that's exactly what Jeff Hornacek wants to do here. Did you see the series on the Celtics and Lakers? Oh, the old yeah, like the uh, that, that thirty the for thirty, 30 for thirty. 30. Yes. Man, best of enemies. That was it. Was amazing. They could have called a foul every play, and they let them get away with everything. And ML ML Carr was Hatchet Man, but he was hilarious in the in the thing. Yeah, but we also, you know, we had Charles Oakley, we had Anthony Mason, we had guys just like that. Yeah, it was the same you thing. You came down the road, yeah. you came down the lane. You'd be thinking about it twice to come down the lane the next time. And that was back in the days when hand checking was good. You know, holding the guy's jersey was good. Hacking away and not getting a foul called, and winning games seventy-two to sixty-nine. That is not the NBA anymore, right, Bobby? Absolutely. They only had two refs back then, too. Yeah, think about it. And, oh, and two uh, refs. You know what? I, I know what Adam Silver and everybody wants. They want high-flying, high-scoring games. Well, that's entertaining. Just like that's the NFL want wants. Everybody, everybody wants it, right, Jerry? I mean, that's the fans here in baseball. They don't want to sit there and watch, you know. Three, two, strike him out. I would just, just say this: you know, being a defensive player uh, in football is really difficult. Sure, it is really difficult, especially in the secondary. But they know they know the what goes on, and now, hey, look, you judge it accordingly what to, what the rules are, and the players are going against. And, and listen, Boomer, the wide receivers in the NFL. I mean, it's like Stunts. every every team has three guys. You think, well, that's well, not the Jets. Well, the Jets don't. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But we got Jerry. We do have Jerry. And Jerry Jerry's an got a big game tonight. Jerry, yeah. let, me, let me know now. You coach these impressionable little young kids learning to be athletes and everything. Are you a – do you yell a lot? No. No. You're no, an encourager. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To teach They're to seven years it. old. And the 12-year-olds yell a little bit, but not too much. Yeah. If they deserve it, they get it. Let Otherwise, Jerry's a, Jerry's a great dad, just like Craig is, just like you were. Um, and are and right. your kids He's not are grown. dead. Our, right. Well, our kids are grown now, but uh, watching these guys deal with their kids—that's great. When they, you have, they do it the right way. You keep practice like you know baseball practice for young kids. 
No, nah, we make it fun. You got to make it, keep it. We try. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Hour and 15 minutes, and the older guys, maybe two hours, hour 45, something like that. So uh, we're brought to you by HomeServe, relief for your AC emergencies. Visit HomeServeNY.com. And uh, the Yankees, well, they waited through a long rain delay last night, and they probably would have been better off not playing because not only did they lose the game to the White Sox, they also lost a rookie. 0-2 is pop foul down the right field line. Fowler on the run, runs right into the fence. Oh, man. And the way guys get hurt, he ran right into the fence on the side, and he's hurt. How do y'all like that? He no. hasn't played an inning, and he's hurt. He's on the ground. And he tried getting up a couple of times. He wound up, wound up collapsing. They had to cart him off the field. Uh, Dustin Fowler we're talking about. That was John Sterling on the what, fan. That, that's not a fence. That's a wall. That's a, that's a cement wall with a railing on top of it. Now, the wall itself is padded. The railing on top of it is padding. But there's an electrical outlet that sits, I guess, in between the padding. It's probably that's like an 8x8 eight eight box. That's right. all it is. But but they, I don't know. Why, I don't know. What is it doing there? It's an electrical box. For what? I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, what a My waste. guess is it powers something. But, you know, sometimes these guys got to have a little awareness about that's a, where they that's are a and what they're doing. a 20-something-year-old kid trying to make an impression in the first <clears> inning. <throat> I mean, yeah. you, you can see, and I told you before, look at the Kevin Pillar play last night in the Blue yeah. Jay game. This guy, guys like Kevin Kiermeyer, they sacrifice their body every night. That's what this kid was trying so to do. So what, what do they do now? Do they bring Andohar back up because they sent <laughs> Isn't that him something down. that he got sent down they after sent that down big because night? he's a third baseman. He's not an outfielder. But I guess he could be a DH. Uh, he and, could and, be and sure. Then, and then Judge would go back to obviously to right field. But I guess for the left-handed pit, I, they were. He was talking about why they sent them down. Maybe they bring them back up. Chris Carter's back. Oh, by the way, yes, he is. I know. So Jeez. anyway, and then oh, well, you got injuries. What are you going to do? So I mean, he, this is like unprecedented. Fowler comes out of the game. You put Rob Refschneider into right field, and this promptly happens. The pitch is swung on a fly ball to right toward the line. Refschneider cutting toward the line can't make the catch. He dropped it. And on to second base where the ribby double is angle. No, the ball was, game is tied at one. That, that was an double? error. It that was not was a ribby double. Race. I don't think John could see it with the angle. Yeah. That was an I was with two outs, too. They give up a run. Again, John on the fan made it 1-1-4-3 would be the final. Willie Garcia, a tie-breaking two-run double in the fourth inning. All right, back to uh, the news on Fowler. Uh, Joe Girardi obviously broken up about this. You never want to see a serious injury, um, you know. Old hamstrings you get through, and, and you can get through fairly quickly. And um, but it's really unfortunate. Officially, an open rupture of his patella tendon. He needed surgery immediately, basically, as they took him right to the hospital. Uh, the White Sox team doctor, doctors performed it. Girardi, I guess, on the electrical box, something ain't right here. And he has to go through a long, grueling rehab, and it just doesn't seem fair that. That's what happened. As he just came up. Uh, here's Luis Sessa. He started last night. Uh, he's familiar with Fowler from their minors. It's tough because, you know, you see it's my, my friend. I, I played with him in the, in the minors, so I am so happy with play here. And, and so nothing good about last night if you're the Yankees. Uh, they fall to 42-35 and 35 with the loss. I, I think if I were Joe Girardi, I'd be screaming at Ref Snyder. I mean, you know, listen, when... Chris Sims drops a ball out in the outfield. You scream at him. I scream at him. I you do. Him, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I don't get the sense <laughs> Joe Girardi manages the way you manage. No, I don't yeah, think I so. Not. Does not look like it. You're more of the Billy Martin type, like you, like Reggie Jackson. You'd pull him in. Actually, get I, off the field, right, kid. I, I know right. Rob Ref Snyder's probably uncomfortable in right field. Probably. And I'm sure that he's not used to being out there. 
But, you know, listen, you're a Major League Baseball player. you got to make that play. Catch the damn ball. Uh, Yankees are in Houston tonight. Michael Panetta takes on Lance McCullers. We'll have it for you uh, right here on The Fan. In terms of the Mets, they were in Miami looking to get the series win from the Marlins, and indeed they did. Trying to build on a 2-0 lead in the top of the third. Wrapping up the road trip in Miami. Pitch coming in. Off speed is cranked to left field. Hangs up there. Ichiro got a late break. It dunks on down for a base hit. Cespedes rolls to third. Bruce Motors to second. An RBI double. It's 3-0 New York. And that's Josh Lewin, W-O-R. Wasn't a cakewalk by any stretch, but the Mets got out to a nice, solid lead and beat the Marlins 6-3. Jay Bruce, RBI single and an RBI double. And boy, he was exhausted. Any reason why? He ran the bases. That was a lot. Um, The foul ball double... And then the fair ball doubles what really put me to deficit early. <laughs> oh, boy. Wait, I mean, come on. It was unbelievable. They, yeah, they, acted, they acted like he ran a marathon. Oh, he just ran the third. And... That was a tough day. Watch no, this right here. Watch this. Oh, you can tell. He's smoking around the... Get, oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. Gotta and go. Now, gotta now, go. And guess what? I'm going to go sit down in the, in the dugout now and just maybe have a cup of coffee and a smoke. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the '80s. That's no, no, for sure. Yes, but it was. That was. Pretty, oh, it's great. It was wow. Great. Anyway, he did come through. They win the game. Here was Terry Collins. That's five of six. Need more. You know, one of those things. When you look up and you win eight of ten, you're back in it. And so we've got to continue to play well and continue you know to pitch. What? They've got a chance. I, Jerry, They've I got know, a chance. I, it's just, can we just I don't mean enthusiasm I mean, right now. I meant a chance to do what he said. When eight just, out of ten, just, yeah, no, but we know we got to play That's the Nationals all. next week. We got the Phillies now. We got to take worry one. about the Nationals next hey, week. Look, one doom and Phillies. gloom, doom and gloom. Boomer. As I always say, doom Phil. And gloom, baby. As I always say, Phil. One pitch, one inning, one game. Yes. Well, go. tonight it's Jacob Degrom and Ben Lively. If they don't win this game, uh, don't play anymore. Come on, don't play anymore. Oh, that's it. Um, and, you know, the nice what do you mean? Wait, 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 wait. Matt Lugo. Yes, exactly. Nice. It's Jacob Degrom against someone by the name of Ben Lively. Okay, hey, win the game. Chances of uh, Big Sexy coming back. What do you think? Good. I say very. I say he'll be back by by next week. Bobby, you think he's coming back? Yep. Fleeg. Look, yeah, he's back when he clears waivers. You think so? I think he will you, too. You want Big Sexy back? Yeah, I want him back. I want to see that body, and I want to see him throw. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. So, I, I honestly, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't worked out better for him down in Atlanta. No, he, well, it's a small ballpark. But, but, but you He's know, wait, up a lot of home here runs. You do, here you do talk radio. Uh, yeah, it's what is that? I don't even know what that means. Yes, you do. I don't want to know what it means. I don't even want to talk about it. It's, it's actually a great stuff. But why do you, you – know, oh, they're playing the Phillies. That's baseball. We know. Oh, well, they got to sweep them. I, mean, I didn't say that. I said win tonight. I mean, okay. we were saying that Jacob about the Jacob Degrom, Ben Lively. Well, I also Oakland, said it about this series the, with the White Sox. Yeah, they with the White Sox, the, the the Rangers, the A's, the Angels. Now they injuries. All, they basically all gave the Yankees trouble. All of them. Yes, bad bad trouble. Really, right. from a tailspin. You're right. Think about after they beat the Angels that first night. They got to I think 15 games over, that and they had a high watermark, and they had a six game lead. I yes. think, and this is where, and I understand what Craig says has been saying for the last couple of weeks, or after they were still kind of in first You're place, still in first place, right? Jerry. All true, right. but they gave up a six game lead in a blink. They did. So it's you uh, sounded the alarms the other day, and you're right. That's right, but that's what you're also hoping for the Mets. You're hoping for the Mets to now have the Nationals or somebody like because you have the Colorado Rockies. Loses of eight in a row. Yes. You have the Arizona Dimecks, who just lost two in a row. So they're the two teams at the top of the wild card standings. So the Mets are a little bit closer there. They're nine and a half now there. They're ten and a half behind the uh, the Washington Nationals. And they got the Phillies for three games, and then they go to Washington. Correct. 
So, so you got you have a chance to at least become relevant and not be sellers, right? You know, in the next few weeks. So we will see. In, ter- in terms of baseball, quickly, Red Sox did beat the Twins six to three, so they're a game ahead of the Yankees now atop the AL East. Dodgers beat the Angels six to two. Another great start from Clayton Kershaw, and the Cubs beat the Nationals five four. Two things here: Blake Trinan had two out, one on, and a four two lead. Blows it as uh, the Cubs come back and score three in the ninth for the this win. Is, this has been a problem for them. This is why they will not win a World Series. Right. They'll win the division. They'll make the playoffs. They will not win a World They're Series like unless the they get Capitals. Watch them go get David Robertson. Maybe well, it's like the Washington he, Capitals. We're going to be the President's Trophy winner. Unless the best team, and guess what? We're not going to make it to the unless playoffs. they make a move. Right. Unless they make they a move for move. a closer. Jerry, you follow it more closely than I do because you know I'm not in this business like you guys are. But has the relief pitching overall in the in baseball? turned out to be what we all thought it was going to be like well it's not a, it's all about the relievers and it just seems like a lot of relievers have if you have a good little... bullpen you're three steps ahead of everybody else but a lot of people had good bullpens and it hasn't turned out but to it be certainly that way. it certainly helps to have paper, quality yeah. starters that will go 7 to 8 innings as opposed to pulling a guy out of well, 5 so, and 2 thirds yeah. and then you now have to overuse the bullpen which a lot of managers tend to do because they want to win those games that day and well, they'll worry about the problems the next day. Well, even just look at the Yankee loss a couple of nights ago where they blew the lead because Chapman wasn't available because he threw two games in a row. But, I mean, also, but also when you take a look at the Yankees, the problem that they've had well, they have, walked been, have everybody. Tyler Clippard. Uh, Shreve, right. had, Shreve had an off night. Then, yep. then came Dylan Batanzas had an off night. Mm-hmm. So th- that's the money spot right there for the Yankees right now as you look at it. No they're doubt. scoring runs. Because you figure they have a lead after seven. They're winning the game. But right. Tances to Chapman. Both the Mets and the Yankees are scoring their fair share of runs. Offensively, there's not a problem. As a matter of fact, offensively, hitting home runs and having the lineups the way that they're hitting, I mean, it's pretty impressive. It's 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 always the bullpen. It yep. It always comes down to like the sixth, seventh, or eighth inning where a guy goes in, a couple walks, next thing you know, a bad hit, a misplayed ball. A, well, hitters know. are in the groove. You know, you know, yesterday, I was listening to uh, I was listening to the Met game yesterday, and it was Ron Darling. I, no, 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 no. It was on the radio. Oh. And here's the thing: when they have a chance to take a shot at Dan- Daniel Murphy, they all take a shot at Daniel Murphy. The Washington Nationals lost the game yesterday, and it was a blown save. But it was a it was an error by Daniel Murphy that led to the blown save. It should have been a double play, and they make sure that they always point that out. Oh, on, he wasn't they a very good fielder. Yes, broadcast is what I'm saying. Because oh, you know, I think the Met fan needs to know when Daniel Murphy makes a key error in a in a, in a point of a game. To so it takes a little bit of the sting out of the fact that the Mets didn't keep. Daniel I don't Murphy. think it takes the sting out of anything. No, Daniel Murphy has these streaks where he is like a Rod almost, where he just carries the team. He gets he's three a, hits, hits a home remember, run. Hey, he's a net negative. Don't you remember mm. that? Yes. They called him a net negative during the freaking World Series. Wow. Well, after the World Series, yes. No, it was during the World Series, wasn't it? No, it was after the season. I thought it was after the season when they were right talking the, about think, re-signing I, him. No, I think it was right in the middle of the World Series. Was it really? Yeah. I that think comment Gary, was made while Gary he was... Cohen made that comment with uh, Joe and Evan really? right here during the World Series. I'm pretty sure it was right during the World Series. Because hmm. we were all sitting here discussing, Oof. okay, this is Daniel Murphy's walk year. What are we going to do? How much is he worth? And, you know, and... And typically, you know, us in sports talk or the tabloids around here, oh, he's worth $20 million a year now because he had all these home runs against the Dodgers. You know, well, you no one else that? was giving, but no one was giving it to him. No, but my point being is we were all speculating that he was going to get like a four-year $80 million deal. 
And I think that scared the Mets off. And then Gary Cohen came on the radio and said, oh, he's a net negative and all this other crap. And then the next thing you know, they make the qualifying offer. He turns it down. And then he can't get a deal on the open market where he thought he was going to be making the money that what did everybody he was speculating. And like, remember. Like $15 million a year. $15 million a year. Something like, yeah, like three years. Like three or 36 or something and like that. And we've said it how many times. or something like that. He only signed in Washington because Brandon Phillips didn't want to go to Washington. And that was the only team that offered him Correct. the money that he thought was somewhat legitimate and respectable. Yep. Pretty much. So anyway, and the other thing from that game, Trey Turner broke his wrist. He was hit in the hand, hit by a pitch. Yes. So he's going to be lost. I mean, that team, they've dealt with serious injuries too. Adam Eaton, you remember, he's done for the year. Definitely. I don't know how long Turner will miss, but you had that. And mentioned, we didn't mention the Chris Bryan injury from the other night too, where he literally just steps over the base and twists watch, his ankle. Watch this although it doesn't seem his, to be his wrist. You can, all that serious. Oh, you can almost by see the way, right he stayed in the game for two innings after that because they wrapped it tight and he thought he was okay and then realized, you, you know what, this ain't right. Wrist? No, never took a helmet. I, of course. How about a finger on the helmet? I hit a my thumb once against Carl Harrison. Is his arm in? It, really? I don't want to be graphic, but it yeah. basically tore my thumb off. Uh-huh. It, it was somewhere where it shouldn't have been. Did you have surgery? Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, it hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, the Knicks reportedly will meet with uh, David Griffin, the former Cavalier GM, in the coming days. There you go. Well, well there you go. Stuff. And I think that's a smart meeting to have. But don't do you believe uh, what I believe that this is Steve Mills' chance to shine right here? I think he's got very little chance to have this job. That's amazing to me that he right now, as a free agency starts for this season, starts tomorrow. Right? It starts tomorrow. Right. Midnight tonight. Right. Midnight tonight. Yep. So here's a guy that you don't think is going to. Just have my a opinion. Job. I don't but yet is still navigating the Knicks through one of the most important moments let me, let in me franchise history. It. Do I think he could stay on as the Knicks GM? 100%. I hate that. But they're going to go out and get someone else to be team president. All right, so team president of basketball operations or team president I don't, like, I don't you know, know. like a business guy? I do not know. All I'm telling you is that I don't think he's replacing Phil Jackson. He may stay in his job. I don't think he's being elevated or promoted. All right, so they're talking about David Griffin, the former what? GM, GM of the Cavaliers. Of the Cavaliers was he the yes. president I of the Cavaliers, or was he just the GM of the Cavaliers? He was the GM. So then hire him to be a GM. You don't hire him to be the president. I, I guess the president of the Knicks is well, but the hold GM. On. But, I'm not really but why sure. not, though? I mean, you always make hires and promote guys. I mean, right? When you want to pick a guy off the off an NFL coaching staff, why are you going to choose an offensive coordinator to be a head coach? Hire yeah. him to be an offensive coordinator. Yeah, then. The other thing I hate, and I know there are a number of teams that do this, I hate what the Jets did. You hire a GM, you don't let the GM hire the coach. I hate that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that the GM should be the boss of the coach. I think the GM is the guy that is running the franchise. He is the guy that is ultimately responsible for who is on the field of play. Now, you'd like to think that he's going to spend a lot of time with the coach and they're going to talk back and forth about what they each think that they need. But the GM is hired to do that and to manage the team. The coach is managing the guys on the court, on the field, on the ice, whatever. The GM really has no say over that. That should be the domain of the coach and the coach alone. Yes. The GM and the coach, I think, should be tied at the hip much more in pro football. But, but don't you think the GM so in other should words, be the boss, though? Well, yeah, yes. But the way I would say it runs, they're tied together because you make the hire, whatever, and then you discuss the roster and you know the of big thing. You do. Uh, no, but the big thing GMs have to do. They have to oversee the coach, and they have to like. Can, well, what about this? Why did you do this? And yeah, they, but let me ask you a question though. In, in your best case scenario, if you were building your team, you were the owner. 
What would you want? Would you want one guy reporting to you, or would you want to have two guys reporting to you? Uh, I want one guy reporting to me, and I'll tell That's you who's— That's not what the Jets are. The Jets okay. are two guys. Todd Bowles can go to the owner, and the GM can go to the owner. Well, they, that should not happen. I'll give you a great example. Why? One of the reasons why I think this team's going to turn it around, re- regardless of what you think of the quarterback, is the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tom, Tom Coughlin. Let me tell you, you— I don't know this for a fact, but I think everybody reports to Tom Coughlin, and then Tom Coughlin is the is to Shad Khan. That's it, you know. He that's and I I think I read an article or something about Jacksonville how the town is on fire, like they they're so excited because Tom because they know now there's order. So and and you know what it does too, Boomer? It frees up the general manager and the coach. Just like it does when a player, when you know exactly where you stand, and there's no guesswork. What does he like? Well, that's what I'm talking about, the Knicks. You know, why why do the Knicks always seem to have to go hire somebody who's a name guy to come in and sit on top of Steve Mills? Well, then maybe Steve Steve Mills Mills would answer to him, and that guy could be Tom Coppola. I don't don't know anything about Steve Mills because he never talks. And he supposedly carries the general manager title. Well, maybe that's and why right he's now, still there. And right now, he's the interim president slash GM. So he's the guy that's navigating the Knicks through free agency. He's the guy that's got to try to figure out what to do with Carmelo Anthony. I personally believe, and and I know that uh, I don't think Jeff Hornacek meant anything by his lukewarm endorsement of Carmelo Anthony. Now, the media is going to make a big deal out of it because that's what the media does here. And he's going to say, well, it was lukewarm, therefore he doesn't want him. But I think he recognizes it. I recognize it. Every Nick fan recognizes it. And I know that Carmelo wants to be bought out. He wants to be bought out. Why? Because he wants to go play with LeBron in Cleveland, and he doesn't want to force Cleveland to have to pay him $30 million over the next two years because that's what it would take in order to get him in a trade. And that means they would have to trade Kevin Love or somebody else uh, to make that that kind of money work. Well, we talked about it yesterday. I believe it will happen, and it, you know, yeah, but it can't happen fast enough. So, it, is Jim Dolan going to swallow another fifty million plus contract? No, you don't think so. You nope. think you think Carmelo? I think Carmelo's here. I don't think he's going anywhere. I can't, I just can't see it unless they trade him. He's not eating more money. I can't see it. I I just can't see him being here. Why? And, you know, when you are a a well-funded team, which the Knicks are, which the Rangers are, because they play in Madison Square Garden, they have passionate fan bases, they have money coming in left and right. The only reason that you can get yourself out of a situation in today's NBA or NHL is by spending. And the way you spend is through buyouts or stretch provisions. So the, the Rangers bought out Dan Girardi. The Rangers bought out Brad Richards. This is what the Knicks now have to do. The Knicks probably have to buy out both Joakim Noah and uh, Carmelo Anthony. Oh, they're not going to buy out Are you out in your Noah. mind? They can't do that. They're not going to do All that. All due respect to your Rangers, they weren't making 70 and $60 million. Those are massive buyouts. Yeah, I know that. And the NBA has massive money coming in from the over uh, overpayment of money coming from TNT and Why ESPN. don't you think Carmelo can't be uh, no a way. great player again? Well, I understand all, I he's think- older and slower. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.